When looking for the king of podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Well, excuse me! Looking for good ideas for life? You're far from good hands. Hey, bud, what's your problem? If you think the listener is always right, you're far from the right place. Out of order! Even in the future, nothing works! Hosted by a Northeasterner by birth, but a rebel by choice. Are you threatening me? If you want a host that floats between love and madness, and we know the night is always gonna be here anyway. Thinking of you's working up my appetite, looking forward to a little afternoon delight. Then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. All right, guys, uh, listen to the blues riff and B. Watch me for the changes and try and keep up, okay? Hey there, Friday fans. We know how much you enjoy the movies. Enjoy grabbing your Friday merchandise and interacting with the Friday family, whether it be at conventions or during our particular watch-alongs. Well, when you're looking to get yourself masks, why not check out our friends over at Camp Blood Customs out of New York State and order your specific custom mask from any other films. All orders are made specifically. Your needs and wants are. Make sure you find Camp Blood Customs on Facebook, Instagram, and all over social media and order yours today. Hey guys, Damian Leone, writer-director of Terrifier 2. You're listening to Crazy Train Radio. Hey folks, it's your least favorite host in the podcast world, Croc. Jonathan Steele. Boy, do we have a good one for you today. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is one of our white whales that we've been trying to get for a while, but I'm glad to get on this junket. He's got a new movie out officially, Terrifier 2. It's in theaters. They'll be streaming eventually. All the fun stuff. Damien Leone. How you doing, sir? Congratulations. Thank you so much, man. I'm doing well. How are you? Can't complain. And I could say I got a chance to preview it. We're going to do be taping a review later today. We got a couple people from Australia, Ireland and all part of the show. So that's going to be a fun debate. Let's just say. 
Oh, all right. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. So first and foremost, the movie seemed bigger and better than what maybe the financials that were there, which seems to be your style. Yeah. You know, part one was like that. Obviously, part two seemed like the game was stepped up with steroids. So how do you feel with the finished product? Oh, my God. I'm so proud of it, honestly. Um, like you said, we had so many limited resources and we did whatever we had to do to get everything I had on the script onto the screen, regardless of obstacles being thrown at us. I mean, COVID hit us. And but that's, you know, I don't like milking the COVID excuse. COVID definitely set us back a little bit, but we also used that to our advantage. And uh, since I had all that time off now, I actually reconfigured one of the biggest kill scenes in the entire movie and added so many more special effects moments to it. And that's one of the scenes, if not the scene that everybody talks about now when they see Terrifier too. So, but you know, I couldn't have done it without having like the most passionate, dedicated group of filmmakers surrounding me. I mean, it was a really small crew. We had like a tight knit group of about nine core people, sometimes less, sometimes a little more, but that was, that was the group that was with me over a three year span, basically that, you know, I told them it was going to take three and a half months to make this movie. And it wound up taking three years just because we had to do everything ourselves, build sets, build effects. I mean, it was a big undertaking, but so proud of it. So proud. of it. Absolutely. And because we had a chance to talk with David during COVID or okay. toward, towards the tail end of it. And we talked a little bit about part two because we didn't want to get all the information out there because we want people to go out and see the movie or stream it or whatever, however they're going to see it. So he was saying it was unbelievable and that during that downtime, you were editing and making things as best as they can be. So with it being public now, if you will, do you think the fans reaction is going to meet the expectation? Because obviously there's a lot of online chatter yeah. Well, based on what I've been hearing and uh, I, I was I, I saw the first sort of official public screening last night at my local AMC. Uh, that's like two blocks away from my apartment. And the reactions in the audience were pretty amazing. And then as soon as I got home, it sort of blew up on Twitter and it was uh, terrified to was trending last night on Twitter. And I was just up till five o'clock in the morning, just reading all the tweets and seeing what people, you know, going from like letterbox to IMDB to Twitter to see what people are thinking. And they are really like pretty, pretty happy, pretty friggin' happy. And uh, from what I'm seeing, it surpassed a lot of people's expectations and they can't believe how much gore and how much extreme violence is in this movie. And a lot of people are saying that they've never seen, had a movie theater experience like this before where they're seeing things like this on screen. And that's a testament to Cynodyne and Bloody Disgusting for allowing us to release this movie completely uncut. Uh, the runtime is unprecedented. I mean, it, and especially for such a low budget being on, you know, almost a thousand screens at this point, this whole experience is so rare and very special. So it is a very unique movie going experience. Um, and people are really starting to seeming that they, they're liking it. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of I believe the previous one was Hatchet 2 that had a limited release. Then yeah. before that, it might have been a George Romero, you know, so it's right. very, very, like you said. Yeah. 
So obviously, Sienna Shaw, the character played by Lauren. So from what I heard and read and all that stuff, this was probably one of your most favorite characters to have written. So what's that mean to you? Because I know it was a good 10-year stretch from when Arthur Crown was in shorts and you had the idea for the character to finally introduce the character in a film. Yeah. I listen. Yeah. Sienna is my favorite character that I ever wrote. And look, I mean, your villain is only as good as your hero and vice versa. And Terrifier one was really just a showcase for art, the clown, you know, not to take anything away from the protagonist in that film, but it was really just a bare bones in your face slasher. Uh, and you know, you were there for art and the kills and the gore this time. I really wanted to grow as a writer, step up my game, you know, build a more, traditional narrative and really build, you know, create protagonists that the audience could get behind and really root for them on this journey and this horrifying nightmare that presents itself to them. But Sienna is the heart and soul of the, of the movie. And um, she's really, you know, I, I drew from a lot of personal experiences and influences in my life. So Sienna is sort of a combination of my two older sisters, a lot of their personalities, a lot of their traits, and even the whole trifecta the whole family dynamic in that movie is very close to my own personal family experience so that makes it extra special and i was very vulnerable when writing those sort of scenes and people seem to relate to it and i it's, you know from what i'm hearing the feedback is that there is an authenticity that people are you know sort of gravitating toward and that's important because once you build up hopefully build up characters that you can really empathize with and then you throw them into the pits of hell it's more powerful you know and I heard you reference as well, and since we only have a short time, I'll send a link to that as well. You also referenced your mother as well, an experience going to work as far as bringing that to the character as well. When yeah. you were talking to Chris Jericho, who happens to be yes. make a cameo in the movie. Love Chris. Hopefully you get to talk to him someday. Music, wrestling, the whole thing, acting. But how did you get hooked up with Chris? Um, so Chris, um, one of his, uh, band members, uh, on, on their tour bus was also, um, I believe his name is rich, big, uh, horror fan and was already obsessed with terrifier. And he knew Chris liked horror movies. So he said, dude, you have to see this scene from this movie, this hacksaw scene. And he showed him the scene and then Chris saw Art the clown and that hacksaw scene. And he kind of like flipped out over it and he became a fan and he started talking about it on, uh, talk is Jericho. And I just heard it. Through, you know, through friends who I have, you know, some of my closest friends to this day are still huge wrestling fans and follow everything. And I'd get calls and they'd say like, dude, I'm just listening to Jericho's podcast. And he just brought up Art the Clown and Terrifier. Like, this is insane. And then I think Chris wound up just getting in touch with David. And then I got in touch with Chris and Chris said, dude, if you're ever making another one and I could be a part of it somehow, I, w- I would love to. And I was like, oh, my God, that's a dream. So I wrote him this little part specifically for, for him. Absolutely. I I was getting a little pissed, I would say, at first. I'm like, I got through the whole movie. I'm like, where the hell is Chris? Because obviously yeah. I knew he was, but then, you know, I'm like, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I was made whole at the end there. Hey, I don't want to I don't want to say well, too much, obviously. We should say, yeah, it, we should say that there is a mid-credit sequence that's pretty essential that you watch. Um, you know, it has it's a big bookend kind of cliffhanger thing so um yeah it's not too public i mean so people should i guess word of mouth is good that people know they should hang out during the credits so yeah. exactly i was like you know 
cursing you out a little bit going where the fuck <laughs> you know like but anyway that i was made whole it was cool Good. but obviously we only have a couple more minutes left and i gotta talk about the obvious elephant in the room and that being art the clown and david and oh, yeah. absolutely have loved david since started to get to know him do this and he's definitely gonna reach that upper pinnacle i think of characters you know your freddies your jasons your michael myers leatherface that that go down the line how do you think david does with the character because i know you give him a lot of freedom when you were filming stuff but do you think he's gonna hit that level or has he already hit that level of being a new major character I mean, I, I don't like uh, saying that. I don't think that's up to me to say. That's really up to the fans and the horror community if they want to put him in that pantheon. I mean, that would be a dream come true. You know, all I could do is deliver my best for the character. And, you know, I, I, I'd like to think I know what horror fans are looking for, which is like a really striking visual character who, you know, who has a great personality and who delivers the goods in the gore department, you know? And then you put somebody like Dave in the makeup who's super talented. And, you know, that's what I say when, when I originally created art, the clown, it was played by my buddy, Mike Gianelli, who's not an actor, but he did a really good job, but he didn't have the theatric theatricality that Dave had and all this animation and things like that. So when Dave took over the role, that's when art, the clown really became a clown and really became a a really charismatic character. And uh, look, people really love what Dave brings to it. And they love, they love Art the Clown. They like having a good, demented time with this character. You know, he's fun and he's also terrifying. And sometimes people just don't know how to feel with this character. It's like they almost want to root for him. But then they feel terrible for it at the same time. And But they like being on his journey. So it's a dream. It's really a dream. But he brings so much to the character. And that's kind of what we were talking about with my uh, Irish co-host, who's going to be taping a review with me later, because she's sort of getting into the terrifier world. But when she saw the film, it's like she's asking me all these questions about, you know, hey, is it is he supposed to be like Jason and Michael? Is it this? Is it, you know, trying to understand the character. I said, go back and watch the first one. Watch the shorts. Do this, do that to kind of get a better grasp of it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'll try to get more info for you in my homework. But as far as Dave's concerned, love him to death. But maybe you'll agree with this. He's like a demented real-life Roger Rabbit. Oh, I say that all the time. He, I <laughs> he's a living, breathing Roger Rabbit. And Roger Rabbit happens to be his favorite movie of all time. Yeah. You meet Dave in real life and you talk to him. He's just oh. a big, goofy uh, Looney Tunes character. I mean, he's the <laughs> furthest thing from, other than the his animation, I mean, he's the furthest thing from Art the Clown. So, which is another testament to his acting. I mean, when he flips a switch, he could be this really demented, sadistic character um so yeah it's great absolutely so last question for you what's next and are we planning on a terrifier three absolutely planning on a terrifier three i mean knew it going into this one obviously there are so many questions brought up in this that aren't necessarily all answered and this mythology that we kind of opened up this whole can of worms um and if you see the ending it's even more twisted on where the hell are we gonna go so yes definitely there's a lot more to explore with art the clown and with sienna so i'm excited for that but i'd like to see what you know continue seeing what the reaction is for part two and what comes of this and you know if it's not necessarily terrifier three next um 
there's I have these other ideas that my, my dream project would be this George Romero-esque zombie film that I have because Dawn of the, the original Dawn of the Dead is my favorite horror movie, at least my top three of all time. And I would love to make a zombie film starring Sylvester Stallone as my hero in it. Hey, yo. <laughs> and then uh, I hope someone comes knocking on my door to, uh, to remake the um, Friday the 13th reboot. That would be like another dream project. I would love to take a swing at Friday the 13th. But that's a whole nother thing with that legal mess, and we don't have time to get. I, that. I hear that they're uh, they're figuring it out, so that would be amazing. But I have so many other stories and you know little treatments and things, so we'll see. I can we'll see where it goes. It's exciting though. Definitely follow this gentleman on social media and stuff. He may not answer his inbox. It's all good, but I, I, tease. I do try. I do try. Yeah, I, yeah, I tease. Yeah. But uh, congratulations on the success so far and the fan reaction that I've seen. Many blessings your way. Thank you, sir. Uh, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. You are beautiful on the inside. You are innocence personified. And I will drag you down sell you out run away I am cold like December snow I have carved out this soul made of stone and I will drag you down and sell you out embrace by the darkness and losing the light wow Thinking your day is bad and really looking to make it worse? Why not try downloading this new classic set of music that will be dropping so far off the charts there's bound to be injuries. <laughs> now that's what I call depressing. It's gonna make those who are even close to having the slightest glimmer of hope wanna jump off the highest of planks. For those that are getting Now That's What I Call Depressing, you'll be getting that song that reminds you of that relationship with those cougars, Wrinkled Ladies. For those who weren't really into cougars, but those who had that special friend whilst in Sail Black 2B, we got for you this clusterfuck that will put you in therapy for years to come. With cheeks wide open. Who the fuck writes this shit? Oh hell, we're still recording this commercial. Always with you, it cannot be done. Those that rather have it out than in. This loaded hit will be dropping soon. Farthing in the USA. For those who place their order by calling or ordering online, the next hundred folks will receive their choice of either a noose of good quality that won't snap, an installation of a new outlet next to your bathtub so you can now blow dry your hair in a full tub. Or the choice of the right gang to just beat the fuck out of you. Call us today at 1-800-FUCK-THIS.
Hey, boils and ghouls, David Howard Thornton, Art the Clown himself, and you're listening to Crazy Train Radio. Choo-choo! Yeah, yeah, yeah! 